You know, when you prepare your sermon and you ask for Holy Spirit's guidance and you get it, and then as you're listening to the readings, it's like, oh, I could have said this and I could have said this. Um, however, we'd be here for a long, long time, so be glad that, that I didn't. So, I'm going to ask a question. When you want to get someone's attention, someone that you know, what's the first thing that you do? If they're really distracted, okay, but you want them to pay attention to you, what do you, what do, you do? You call their name, right? You call their name. When I want to get David's attention, I say, Dave, and usually he answers. And when he wants to get my attention, the same thing. I mean, whether they're standing right next to you or they're out in the backyard or Dave's out in the barn doing something fun with whatever his toys are there, um, I'll call Dave, David, right? Okay, now, for those of you who are parents or grandparents or aunts or uncles. What do you do when you've called your son or daughter's or niece's or nephew's name? Several times. And they've not answered you. All right. Out comes the formal first and second name. Right? Right. Elena Marion, I'm talking to you. Right? Susan Lynn, get down here right now, you use both of their names because you want their attention. So in our gospel story today, as I was reading it, Jesus wants to get Martha's attention, right? Because she's distracted by many things. She had invited Jesus into her house, and I'm sure he came along with the disciples. Now, she's not the only one living in the house. There's her sister Mary. And of course, her brother Lazarus, but he doesn't enter into this picture. And we hear that Martha is distracted by much serving. In other words, she's trying to be a good hostess, right? She's got all of these people. She's extended the invitation. And so she's trying to be a good hostess. And as we learn in our Old Testament reading with Abraham, hospitality was high up on the list of traits in that culture, and, and it still is today, to be hospitable, right? And especially if you're Martha and you're hosting the Son of God, you really want to put on a show. So in the midst of doing what we would consider to be quite meritorious, right? I mean, this passage has caused even beyond like all of those tough issues like what's the Trinity and what's atonement, the whole Mary and Martha story in our household just causes, it's just a mess, you know, we just don't understand it. But in the midst of that, Jesus calls Martha and says, Martha, Martha. She wants, he wants her attention. And so I looked at that and I thought, where else does Jesus do that? Where else does God call people twice by both names? And interestingly enough, there are seven times in scripture where Jesus calls people twice. Right? And we know when Jesus says things twice, you know, when he gives a teaching and says, verily, verily, or truly, truly, we know that's important. So... I wanted to 
take a look at some of those. Because repeating a person's name in Hebrew, one, is a sign of intimacy, and two, is a sign that something of monumental importance is about to happen or is going to happen with that person. Something of utmost importance will follow. So let's start, and we're going to do it briefly. Our first example is in Genesis with Abraham. Abraham is about to sacrifice his son Isaac, right? The very son that we read about in this morning's reading. And so just about the time that Abraham is going to go ahead with the knife, the angel of the Lord calls out, Abraham, Abraham, and Isaac is spared. Now, no one can doubt that this was an urgent situation where something needed to be said, especially for Isaac. So God saw how faithful Abraham was, willing to sacrifice his own son, and so he calls Abraham, Abraham, and establishes a covenant with him, and Abraham becomes the father of many nations. The next time we see it is also in Genesis, the latter part, Jacob. Jacob has grown old and is about to meet his lost son, Joseph. He thought Joseph was dead, that he'd been killed by his brothers. But here Joseph is the second most powerful man in Egypt. And so the Lord comes to Jacob and says, Jacob, Jacob. And then he assures him, yes, listen to your son Joseph, go to Egypt, take your family there, there you will be safe. And so God was teaching Jacob something of utmost importance by saying his name twice, listen to Joseph and save your family. And then we all know the story of Moses, Moses in the burning bush. I mean, we've all learned that in Sunday school, right? Moses has resigned himself to tending sheep for his father-in-law for the rest of his life. But everything changes. He sees a burning bush and he steps aside to take a look at it, right? And then God calls out, Moses, Moses, to get his attention. And then what does God do? He commissions Moses to be the deliverer of his people from Egypt. And that is what Moses reluctantly accepts to do. And then finally, in the Old Testament, we have Samuel. And I always love this story because Samuel is a young boy and he's sleeping. He's not doing anything exciting like, you know, trying to kill his son or, or you know. He is just sleeping. And what happens is God calls to him once, Samuel. And Samuel runs to Eli because they're in the temple. And Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. And so God calls him again, Samuel. And Samuel, thinking it's Eli, runs to Eli. And Eli says, no, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. And then what does God do? And I love this. He calls his name twice, right? Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel answers as Eli has instructed him, here I am, Lord. Speak, for your servant is listening. And then Samuel goes on to be a priest, a prophet, 
the anointer of kings, and the last judge of Israel. Now moving on to the New Testament, we have three examples, one of which is Martha, Martha. But the first one is to our favorite disciple, Peter. My favorite disciple, anyway, because he just... I, I just love the way he's all in and then not and then all in again and then not because I can identify with that. So the Gospel of Luke tells us that after the Last Supper, the disciples are arguing over who is the greatest, of course. I mean, they're just so human, the disciples, right? And we're all like this. So Jesus, he puts a halt to this conversation, pulls si- Peter aside and calls him by his birth name. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And so we all know that Peter fails the initial test, but then is restored by Jesus, and then goes on to be the leader of the disciples and the apostles. And then finally, we have the apostle Paul. We all know Paul's story, and if we don't, it's a dramatic one, so let me recount it for you. Saul, as he was originally known, was a zealot and was out to crush this new way called Christianity, the Christians, the way. And so he was on the road to Damascus to arrest and imprison as many Christians as he can find. And then we read about what happens next in the book of Acts. He is knocked off his horse by a blinding light and has a vision of the risen Christ who says to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? So, Instead of killing and imprisoning Christians, Paul then, Paul who was Saul, Paul then begins to preach and teach and spread the gospel of Christ, not only to Jews, but to Gentiles. And as he says in the letter to Colossians that uh, Justin read this morning, I, Paul, became a minister of the gospel according to the stewardship from God that was given to me from you to make the word of God fully known. So instead of trying to crush the word of God, the Lord says, Saul, Saul, and now he makes the word, Saul, Paul makes the word known to the world. And for you and I, as Gentiles, we should be very, very grateful to Paul because he brought the word of God to us. And so these are all very dramatic, aren't they? Very dramatic turns. And so now let's look at Martha. Let's look at Martha. What about Martha? What is the significance of the double salutation to Martha? Well, she's in the kitchen. She's making dinner. She's fretting that Mary is not helping her. I mean, I have a younger sister. I really can identify with this, right? My younger sister, when it came time to do dishes, always had to go to the bathroom. It was a a miracle. It's remarkable. But so she's making food. She's engaged in something that's a good thing. She's engaged in hospitality. But she sees her sister sitting at the feet of Jesus. 
and she does perhaps not the right thing. In, in psychology, I think this is called triangulation. When you have a problem with this person, but you go to that person, well, that's what Martha does. And she says, Jesus, Mary's sitting there. Ask her to help me. And then Jesus says these words, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. What is the good portion that Mary has chosen? What is the urgent thing that needs to be said or taught at this moment that is of utmost importance? The first thing, of course, is that Jesus should always be primary in our thoughts and in our practice. And if we are able to spend time with Jesus, that should always be our priority. But that was not anything that was new. This is what I think was new. What was of utmost importance and of a seismic shift, if you will, in first century Hebrew culture was that Mary, as a woman, could sit at the feet of Jesus and learn. That was the seismic shift that happened because before this, that would not have happened. They would have told Mary to go literally back into the kitchen. They would have told her to go back into the kitchen. Mary, you do not belong here. This is for men only. Go help your... And, and I, would, I don't doubt to a certain extent one or two of the disciples might have expected Jesus to say that. Mary, go help your sister. But instead, he says, Martha, Martha. Mary has chosen the good portion. She has chosen as a woman to sit at my feet and learn. And this good portion of learning from Jesus for women will not be taken away from her. And I think we should all be really happy about that because otherwise Mary couldn't be sitting here with her husband Ken and Jody wouldn't be sitting so far up. You all would be in the back and you would be quiet and certainly I would not be up here in this place in this time teaching. So what I want you to understand is in the Old Testament, Sarah's role was to, as a woman was to bear children. Wonderful, fabulous, best role in the world. In the New Testament, Martha's role was to have hospitality. Again, wonderful, great role. I love that. But Jesus expanded that role for women so that now, you want to have children, great. If you want to have hospitality, great. If you want to learn about Jesus and sit at my feet and ask me questions that no one will call you impertinent for asking, great. And I believe that that is the good portion that Jesus said is Mary's and will not be taken away from her or from the rest of us. So, how about us? Have we ever heard God call our name twice. 
I know most of us here have heard our name called once because we've put our trust in Jesus Christ and we have a personal relationship with him. And for any of you who may not have heard that name called, come see me, come see Father James, come see any of the mature Christians here and servants of Christ and talk about that. And he did call our name again because we're all here, aren't we, at Servants of Christ. He called us to Servants of Christ. But what I'd like all of us to do in the weeks and the months to come as we go through this transition I'd love all of us to spend some time at the feet of Jesus and ask him and listen to see if he's calling our name twice to be doing something, even though what we're doing is good and honorable, is he calling our name twice for us to do something that may be different but may have an impact far beyond what we ever thought. And if you do think you hear Jesus calling your name twice, please talk with any of the priests, talk with any of the mature Christians here, because if God calls your name twice, you don't want to miss it. You do not want to miss it. So let us pray. Lord God, we are so grateful that you call each of us to service in your name. And we are so grateful that through the blood of your son, Jesus Christ, you count us worthy to listen, to learn, and to do whatever you would have us do. And we are grateful that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you enable us to do it. So now, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name that you would open our ears and open our hearts to hear if you are calling our name twice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.